The sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, <clears throat> even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun, will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Again, circle or highlight verse 7. Only be strong and courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. And again, highlight circle verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for when you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Verse 9, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He tells them in verse 7, Don't be doomed to repeat. Listen to the commands of God. Okay? By the way, that message hasn't changed. Don't listen to the world. Do listen to the Word of God. And do what it says to the best of your ability. You know, when you think of courage and strength, and that's what he tells him here in this passage... The person that I have on the screen, can anybody tell me who this person is? Superman. Come on. Oh, I'm sorry. You have other Superman in here? No, he's not. George Reeves was the first one. I understand. He's a fly-by-nighter. Yes, I got it. His suit is more colorful than, than George's was, though, by the way. Superman is a powerful person. I've got a little quiz to see how much you know about him. All right. Question number one. Can you tell me what Superman calls himself when he's in disguise? Clark Kent. Very good. How many have remembered that? All right. Good. It's so funny because he, he puts glasses on and you can't tell who he is. Take glasses off. He's Superman. Isn't it amazing? Yeah, I know. Oh, how I know that. Yes. Amen. Question number two. Can uh, you tell me who Superman's girlfriend is? Lois Lane. Very good. Played by several different women in these. uh, Now, Amy Adams, I think, is the latest I liked her better than, uh, what's the other gal's name? Margot Kidder. Yeah, that, I, like, I like Amy better. Question number three. What is Superman's greatest weakness? Kryptonite. Very good. Man, I've got Superman aficionados here. Now, this one I didn't know. Number four. What is, uh, what is it that gives Superman his powers? 
the yellow sun. I didn't know that. Boy, Ed's up here just rattling this stuff off. Okay. So, most of us aren't Superman. Amen? (laughs) But I would argue that actually we are a lot closer to Superman than we think. Just like him, our strength, our courage isn't our own. It comes from something else. It comes from someone else. Our courage and strength comes from God, from Jesus and the Holy Spirit that lives inside us every day. Jesus said, I'm with you always, even to the very end of the age. Remember? We know that He's with us. He is our source of strength. But unlike Superman, we always have the Spirit here. Always ready to help us. Superman didn't have strength at nighttime. Because the sun wasn't shining. Come on. That strength can help us develop greater trust in God's ability to lead our lives. We can, lend, we can learn to be overcomers instead of being doomed to repeat past struggles. So, 2019, already made res- uh, resolutions? Anybody? Already made a list? Checking it twice? Already broke them? Already given up? We're on day six. <laughs> yeah, no sense in making one if you know you're going to break it. That's where everybody is, right? Yeah, no sense in making it. All right. But trust takes practice. Is that true? Amen? Yeah, it does. It takes practice. As we act on God's strength, as we trust in God and act in courage, God has a really weird way of providing for us. We think it's weird at times when it's really not weird at all. It's just the fact that His promises are bearing fruit. He said, if you will walk with me, I will walk with you. If you will run from evil, I will run with you from evil. If you will run to me, I will receive you. You see. And the beautiful thing about God is that when I'm in a struggle point, all I have to do is just glance at Him. I don't even have to even make a movement toward Him. I just glance at Him. There's the movement. And He comes in a hurry. He comes in a hurry to help us. Now, let me give you a little background on Joshua's situation. I've got a picture of Joshua for you. This is what he probably looked like. It could be Moses. That picture could be several of them. Right? But we're going to say that's Joshua. When I, when I did a Google search of Joshua, that was one of the pictures that came up. So I'm going to go with that one. All right, Joshua, uh, in our text here, is on the banks of the Jordan. He's ready to receive the gift that God has promised Israel for 400 plus years. And God has already determined to give that to them. They've had faith to get to where they are now, on the eastern side of the Jordan River. And God's ready to bring them into the promised land. Joshua had a a number of voices, though, trying to tell him that this was a bad idea. 
the people that had already been in this place, on the verge of taking possession of the land before they had lost heart telling tales of giants. However, the great leader of the people, Moses, who had passed away, leaving Joshua to pick up the mantle, take possession of the land. And when he looked around him, he saw just a ragtag bunch of slave descendants who had been wandering in the desert. What did they know about conquering and conquest? And yet, these were the people to cross the Jordan and take possession of the land. God had a task for Joshua to be the one who leads that, those people to take possession of the land of Israel. To lead His people into receiving God's promises. Yet, God can also see that Joshua is a little bit scared. And it's God speaking when He tells Joshua to move from that mindset of being doomed to repeat to victory in the moments and the days ahead. He deals with each of Joshua's concerns and speaks directly to us through those same concerns. God reminds Joshua, number one, of who he is, number two, of whose he is, and number three, to put his faith into action. So let's take each of those and and talk about it. So number one, know who you are. Know who you are. Moses was gone. Joshua was left. Joshua had been his assistant to lead into the conquest. I mean, after all, Joshua is not Moses. Amen? You ever had to follow somebody at at your work who was really, I mean, one of those all-in to all-ins? And everybody still talks about them even though they're not there anymore. Because you will never match up to that, right? And that's right, you won't. In fact, you're going to be better. Why? Because now you're the one that's in charge. And so do the job not to try to do better than the person you followed, but to be you. And to know who you are. It's really important. Joshua was a chosen person of a chosen people. He was Moses' assistant. Now that carries some credentials. Amen? You don't get to be Moses' assistant without being a good follower, however. He's seen the land. Numbers 13. He went into the land. He and Caleb were the only two that thought they could take it. Remember the song he sang in junior church? Twelve men went to spy on Canaan. Ten were bad and two were good. What did they see when they got to Canaan? Ten were bad and two were good. Some saw giants big and tall. Some saw grapes in the clusters. Some saw God was over all. Ten were bad and two were good. Yeah, you remember the song. It'll help you remember the story if nothing else. Yeah, yeah, how'd that go there? Okay. But not only had he seen it and was ready to possess it and thought they could, he marched with the rest of them for 40 years in the wilderness. To be a good leader, you need to be first a good follower. Moses was a great leader. But God is the real leader, and Joshua knows that. Moses may have passed on, but God never will. 
And it's God who tells him in verse 6. Look at verse 6. You shall put this people in possession of the land that I swore to their ancestors to give them. God had appointed Joshua to do that. That is what he is. He was the assistant of Moses. He is now the servant of the Lord. It's happened recently in, in, in sporting events, but one in particular. Um, let's see, I've got the wrong slide sequence there, Jeff. There we go. Thank you. God reminds him. How many of you know Coach Gareth Southgate? Any of you know that name? He was a soccer player, and that's, that's him on the right-hand side. He was playing in a championship game. He had the penalty kick. And you can tell from the picture that he missed it. (laughs) He now, on the left, he's a coach. And so when his team from England was playing Columbia, and the Colombian player missed a crucial penalty kick, Coach Southgate understood. And Gareth could go to this young man knowing the pain that he was experiencing and help him get through that moment of defeat in his life. Because you see, it's important to be able to help others as they walk in their journey because you may have already walked in that journey. You may have already walked in those steps. And so if you can reach out to them and minister to them and care for them, good things can come from it. You see, you and I are beloved children of God. We are called holy, made children through the blood of our Savior Jesus Christ. We have been in places of pain. We may even be in those places right now, but we know our Father loves us. And we can be confident in His love for us. So know who you are. Secondly, know whose you are. Know whose you are. We need to know the source of our strength. In Psalm 28 and verse 7, it says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. In Him my heart trusts, so I am helped and my heart exalts. And my song, I give thanks to Him. I've got a a picture up there of Desmond Tutu. Any of you know that name? During the deepest, darkest days of apartheid, when the government tried to shut down uh, opposition by canceling Uh, a, a political rally, Archbishop Desmond Tutu declared that the he would hold a church service instead. St. George Cathedral in Cape Town, South Africa, was filled with worshipers. Outside the cathedral, hundreds of police gathered. A show of force that was intended to intimidate those believers. As Tutu was preaching, they entered the cathedral armed and lined the walls. Can you imagine? Get this visual here. They took out notebooks and began to record Tutu's words. Desmond Tutu would not be intimidated. He preached against the evils of apartheid, declaring it could be it could not endure. And at one extraordinary point, he addressed the police directly. He said, and I quote, You are powerful. You are very powerful. But you are not gods. And I serve a God who cannot be mocked. So, since you've already lost, since you've already lost, I invite you today to come and to join the winning side. 
With that, the congregation erupted in dance and in song. The police didn't know what to do. Their attempts at intimidation had failed. And they were overcome by the archbishop's confidence that God in goodness would triumph over evil. It was but a matter of time. Desmond Tutu knew whose he was. He knows the God that he serves, a God of love and justice who is faithful to his promises. I've been very fortunate in life to have good Christian friends who hold me accountable. I've got a slide up here of two of them. Uh, one is on the left there, Tim Dodson's. You might remember Tim. Tim's preached for us. And the other one is a, is a relatively new friend, Drew Wright. Drew's on the right-hand side there. Drew, Drew is a youth pastor at First Baptist Church here in Jinx. A year ago, a year ago, Drew buried his wife and newborn son. And at a tender age that Drew is, he's found, and I've, I've found such encouragement from watching his journey and walking with his journey. But these guys have shared scripture with me and they've, they've held me accountable in my walk with God. And two verses that, that I've gotten from these guys, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your, you'll know this one, with all your heart. With all, and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. And then First Thessalonians 5.24 says, The one who calls you is faithful, and He will do it. And He will do it. Drew still struggles every day. Still struggles every day with life and meaning for life and the pain of losing his best friend and his son. He named his son Asa. Asa lived three days outside the womb. When Drew left for work that morning, he went home to check on his wife because she was, had been put to bed because of the pregnancy. And he found her unresponsive. How long she was there, we, heaven only knows. But she couldn't be revived. And, of course, they took the baby by C-section and hoped beyond hope that the baby would survive. But he didn't. And so Drew, every day, is walking through that walk. That church has been a tremendous help to him. Uh, Pastor Rick and the others have taken up the slack for him. And, you know, Drew's back now full-time at work, but it's still a struggle every day. You can imagine, can't you? Can you imagine losing your mate at, at, at an age of 30 years old? Man. And yet, he finds strength in Scripture as does my buddy Tim. We have a faithful God. A God in whom we can put our trust. Even when we think the odds are against us. Even when the storms of life are raging. We can trust that our faithful God will make good on His promise to us. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Don't, don't believe in the darkest moments that He's gone. He's still there. What's the old... Um, poem about footprints in the sand. And the guy's walking with God and all of a sudden he only notices one set of footprints and believes with all of his heart that God left him. 
And yet, you know the story and you know the poem. God was carrying him through that tough time. Christine and I have talked about uh, her sister passing. And the first thing she always says is, but I know where she's at. She she wanted to go to heaven, so that's what she did. She just went. (laughs) That's the way Geneva did. That's right. The nurses out there at at Vanessa's, uh, out there at University Village, they would they would tell the family they've never seen someone will themselves to die like Geneva did. It was a week gone. When you're ready, go into the house. It's what you've been living for. It's to go be with the Lord. I know why Geneva didn't go as fast, because Dudley kept saying, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, I can't imagine the first... He's probably playing dominoes somewhere, and she came walking in on him. God didn't even tell her, hey, she's coming. <laughs> funny how we think about things. But you know, for Joshua, the importance of hearing God's promises in his word are at the heart of what God is asking him to do. And he's asking the same and encouraging the same for you and me. In his second urging of Joshua to not go from doom to repeat, God tells Joshua to act, but not in terms of conquest. God tells Joshua to Meditate. Look at verse 8. Meditate on the divine law to never let it what? Leave your mouth. Never let it leave your mouth. Be obedient to that word. Now, I don't know about you, but I struggle being obedient to God's word every day in every way. I struggle. I'm sure most of you don't. But I do. And I find comfort in knowing that you do too. But it's in the striving that God wants. Amen? And so God tells Joshua, meditate on this word. Keep it in your mouth. Be obedient to it. He's already told Joshua that every place where he goes, God has already given it to him. In meditating and being obedient to the law, Joshua's being asked to remind himself of whose he is. And that's why I want you in the Word of God every day, is to remind yourself of whose you are. From Genesis to Revelation, you're going to find out that God loved you in the Garden of Eden and loved you beyond the sin from the Garden to the cross at Calvary until the end of time. You're going to find God loving you in Revelation. You're going to find God loving you in Acts. You're going to find God loving you in Matthew. You're going to find God loving you in the Old Testament. You can't read Psalm and Proverbs and don't know that God loves you. If if you don't ever read it, well, then you'll never get it. But as God's servant, he needs to be acknowledging God as his king. To put his whole body, soul, and mind into his devotion to God. That's what his obedience demonstrates. A loving response to God's grace. Offering back everything that we are because it's already his. That's why Jesus holds up Deuteronomy 6 as the greatest commandment. 
in Matthew and Mark and Luke, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and spirit is the way Jesus said, and to love your neighbor as yourself. All Ten Commandments right there. Right there. So when Joshua rehears God's word, he's pointed back toward God and neighbors and friends. How often do we remind ourselves of God's promises? That's why that sheet on affirmations would be helpful for you. To affirm every day God's love for you and God's care for you. And when you open the Bible and you read those words out loud, man, does it ever get hold of your heart and remind you of whose you are. Never forget whose you are. Don't forget who you are, whose you are. And thirdly, he tells Joshua to put his faith in action. To put his faith in action. God tells Joshua to take action. He says that he will be with him wherever you go. Faith in action. Uh, We need to think on those things. We need to think of ways that we can put our faith in action. God's given Joshua a specific task to lead the people into the promised land. It's doable. He said, Joshua, we can do this. You just keep loving me. You just keep obeying me. You just keep staying in my word and letting that word come into your heart and through your mouth and never leaving you. And I'll deliver you. It'll happen. All they need to do is to trust Him. To step out in faith. To act on God's promise. Remember I mentioned a week ago about uh, little kids. We put them up on the counter and we tell them to jump off. And they do. They're so blind in faith, they don't even think we're going to drop them. They don't even think that. Now, at first they do. They look at us really funny. And then we scoot up a little bit. And we scoot up a little bit. And and evidently we get just close enough where they're not afraid to jump. And they will. Then you get some kids, you put them up there, they're not even, you haven't even turned around, they're already jumped. Ah! You know. And that's okay too. What kind of faith do you and I have? Our finances are... Boy, in the Phillips household, it's it's been a juggle. But you know what? God has been faithful. God has been so faithful to us. I've got this looming bill that I've got medical-wise, but ten down, ten a month, and here you go, you know. I'll die and pass it on to my children. I mean, really, I was fretting about it, and then finally a calm came over me the other day, and I just thought, why fret about this? It is what it is. It is what it is. But all I need to do is trust God. I just need to trust Him. You know, my little wife's just so frustrated because, man, I've never seen anybody send out more resumes than she has. And to, to apply for a job today is so different than what it used to be. It's all done electronically. It's all. She did one interview where she did it on the phone. Just her. She answered the questions they asked her by, by a, a, an app. And then she sat there and answers them on video. That's, I've never seen that. But it's, it's a tough time. Maybe, maybe you're running in a tough time in your house. You know, all this financial greatness that I hear about. Hadn't trickled all the way out to the Midwest yet, I guess. But we can still trust God through it. Maybe it's a health issue. <clears throat> You've got to trust God through it. Um, 
I'm seeing a wound specialist. Found out the other day that my insurance doesn't cover any of it. Isn't that great? I just love it. Pay a thousand dollars a month for insurance that doesn't cover anything. So I think we're just going to drop the insurance. Just use the money to pay the bill. Makes sense. Since it doesn't cover anything, why am I giving them money? I'll just direct that money to a different way. We need to take what God's given us and act in faith. I've got a picture up there for you. Two pictures. The one on the right is kind of the guy. His name is, is Commander Grant Edwards of the Australian Federal Police Force. Now, the picture on the left is one that I just still scratching my head over. If I had a bigger picture of it, a fuller picture, you would see that it is a, um, what have I got on it? A C-17 aircraft. That's huge. You see how wide the front of that plane is? Well, he's got a rope attached to the front of it in his harness, and he's pulling that plane. Now, he works out lifting 3,520 3, kilograms. I don't know what translation of that in weight is, but it sure sounds like a lot. That's what he works out with. But he didn't start there. He kept on pushing himself, testing the limits of whatever was possible at the moment, until at some point he thought, I think I'll go pull an airplane. And not just an airplane, this massive airplane. And I'll bet when he first started tugging that big plane that it didn't move. But he kept leaning. You see how far out he's leaning? And he would pull a foot up and he'd push and he'd push. And before long, he actually moved that big old plane. Can you imagine that? Only with the Superman type strength do you pull a plane like that. You don't have to pull it very far just to get it to roll. Man, that'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. And Jesus talks about a master who leaves his servants with different amounts of money. Remember that story? They all had different things to do with it. Two of them invested it. The third one buried it because he was scared he'd lose it. But in the end, it's those who invest the money, who put in the work, who show the obedience, who stay faithful and truthful to God. They're the ones who are going to get the reward. The one who buries his money has taken, has taken it away from him as if he never had it. Because what they did with it never mattered. And so it is with God and with you and me. He gives us gifts that He expects us to use. He's given us a gift of the Word of God. And yet we don't spend any time opening this Word. Or maybe just a little bit of time. Or maybe just on Sunday. But see, I don't see very many people even opening this on Sundays. We're in it every Sunday. Bring it and open it. Bring a pen, bring a highlight pen, you know, mark your Bible up. It's okay, I promise you, it's okay to write in your Bible. 
It's okay. And when you get it all written up and you can't write anymore, go buy a new Bible. Start writing it up. See, God wants you and me to be faithful. Doomed to repeat. Are we just going to have the same 2019 as we've had in 2018 and 2017 and 2016? Or is 2019 going to be a different year? You decide that. I've got one more picture to show you. And this is a picture of a driveway. Now I want you to think about, uh, I wish my driveway looked that nice. That's the reason I put that picture up there. But I want you to think, every morning when you come out of the garage in your car, you've got to back out that driveway into the street, the world, and begin to go one way or the other. And what God is asking you and me to do is to look beyond the driveway at the possibilities that we're going to encounter. So as you're backing out, can you say that prayer, Lord, today? I don't know who I'll encounter, but you do. And would you bring them across my path so that I can minister to their heart? So I can bring the Word of God, encouragement to them. God, would you do that? You see, actually, that's our Jordan River. As we back out into that street, we're entering the Jordan River. And whichever way we go, we've got an opportunity to make an impact for God. And He says, I'm with you. I'm going to go with you. You'll never be alone. So I want to encourage you this morning to grab the Word, ingest the Word, make it a part of your daily routine that's coming from your mouth, from your heart. Pray, pray that God will use those words that you read that day to make a difference in somebody's life. This week. In fact, I want us to pray right now before we sing our song of invitation. Father, I just pray that we will not allow ourselves to be doomed to repeat. That God, we're going to decide that this year our spiritual walk is going to be different. We're going to make changes that will impact eternity. We're going to develop a soul winner's heart, a soul winner's fire that believes that you're going to send people to us that we can share the word with, that we can lovingly, graciously, mercifully encourage. And God, I just pray that you'll guide our prayers and our hearts to be people of your word. God, that we will open your book like we've never opened it before this year. We've set that goal many times to read through the Bible in a whole year. God, would we actually, actually do it this year? I know it's difficult. I know it takes a time commitment. But God, anything that we choose to do, we'll find the time to do it. I pray that your word being ingested in our life will take a high priority going into 2019. But God, we also need to have a relationship with you. Would there be one today who would say, Preacher, I need to draw closer to God. 
Well, we'd like to help them do that. Somebody maybe here that wants to join the church, we'd love for them to do that. Maybe somebody here that just needs prayer and encouragement. We, we want to be your arms and your legs and your feet, your mouth, your eyes, your ears. Is there, if there's a need, God, would they respond today? Help us to not look back, but to move forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Him of